one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI powered all star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsblog 20 podcast series in which we celebrate 20 years of Arsblog by talking to a guest about a calendar year of the site's existence between 2002 and 2022. In this episode, we are talking 2015. With me to do exactly that is Pippa Monique. Hi, Pippa. Hi, how are we? We're all right. Thank you very much. So we're talking 2015. I'm curious to see how you want to go through this one, because some people have done them chronologically from the start of the year to the end of the year. Sometimes there's been a big incident that's happened in the middle of the year. We've kicked off there. So where are we going to where are we going to start? It's a difficult one because there's there's highs and there's lows. And, and it's a complete contrast because the highs obviously come from the women's team for me because uh, they got their honours. And the lows were the men's team because it was the year, well, technically it was 2015-16, but it was the year we fell short of the Premier League title, the closest we've ever come to in like over a decade. Um, so it was, it's, that's where the low is for me. So I don't know where to start from, to be honest with you. Should we, should we get the uh, Arsenal men out of the way so we don't have a depressing podcast? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I know that the 2015-16 season itself ended in a way that we, we didn't want. But like you say, there were some highs in, in 2015. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, a small game at Wembley against Aston Villa, if That's I remember. That, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't too bad if we're going to talk about the Arsenal men. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, the men's FA Cup final. You cannot forget that one. No. You cannot forget. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it's a, the second win in a row as well actually so yeah. I mean that was a that was a big day out of course those are the best days out Wembley um, and I had the, obviously the luxury of going to both a men's final and a women's final and coming back with two wins um, and you know what that win for me was one of the it's hard to choose actually because whole city 
was a one where you're, you're two nil down mm. and you get the comeback and that's you love a win like that. But you no know, one likes to be on the edge of their seat, nervous. <laughs> thinking, Are we actually about to throw this game away to whole city? So for me, Aston Villa, that win with the goals that were scored in that game for Alexis Sanchez, Sanchez yeah. oh, those games are what you turn up for at Wembley Way. Like you, those are the ones that stay in your memory forever. It's it's a it's just a moment that you just enjoy from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the uh, the end result of the 2014 Cup final when you've been behind and you're thinking, oh God, this this trophy drought, this is a yeah. this is like a curse on us at this point. You're two nil down, nearly three nil down. You come back to win it. I think the sense of relief coupled with the fact you've won a trophy is amazing. Yeah. But but as a day out, I remember people before the the game against Aston Villa were very worried about uh, Christian Benteke. What mm-hmm. could he do to our defenders? And in the end, he he didn't do anything. And they were great yeah. goals. The Sanchez goal was brilliant. Theo Walcott's yeah. goal was really good. Per Mertesacker got a goal. Olivier yeah. Giroud came on and got a goal. I mean, there is something to be said for a nice, comfortable trophy win, isn't there? Oh, definitely. Because you, you start to think, what else can Arsenal achieve? And it's been like that since then, to be fair, because those were the moments. If we didn't have those mm. two FA Cups in recent years, you start to think, what, what are Arsenal actually doing with their, with their honours here? That, that the legacy is slowly fading away. Mm. The FA Cup's still in the cabinet. There's a lot of top teams that still cannot... Well, actually, they can now. But, you know, it's something, <laughs> it's something that we hold pride with. Yeah. But the thing that still hurts me is how close we came to the Premier League. I just... I can't... I cannot to this day get over it. Especially that win... Um, was it Valentine's Day with the Danny Welbeck header against Leicester? Yeah. It was at that moment. It was a turning point where I thought to myself, okay... We're playing a team that's, you know, had a miraculous run in the league who eventually went on to win it, which no one actually expected. We've played them. It was a tough game. And I, I remember saying to myself, whoever wins this game could go on to win the league if it's a draw, whatever, whatever. And I just I just thought that was the moment that, you know, this league could be ours. Mm, and it slowly faded away, losing to like Swansea and I think... And other teams, of course, it just it was a big letdown. Yeah, I mean, we'll come to uh, 2016 itself in in another episode, but it, it's hard not to to look back on that season that started 2015-16 uh, as one yeah. with regret. I mean, what do you what do you remember about the the summer actually after we'd won that uh, FA Cup and everyone was thinking, okay, we've two FA Cups in a row, we've we've gone out the summer of 2013, we've we've brought in Mesut Ozil. Um, yeah. last minute of course I'm not sure it was quite uh, as well planned as we would like but you buy this superstar player the following summer uh, in a World Cup summer when everyone says it's really difficult to do deals because yeah. all the players are at the World Cup and Arsene Wenger was at the World Cup and you yeah. know it is complicated to do transfers in that but in 2014 we go out and we bring in Alexis Sanchez yes. from Barcelona and you're thinking wow we've added Sanchez we've added Ozil yeah. what next and then that summer was Petr Cech, and that, and that was it. I mean, I know that's caused. Why do you say like that? Well, I mean, why do I say it like that? Because I, I, I look back on that summer and I think, you know, if we kind of continued that, that, yeah. that sort of, um, like, I know you can't go and buy a superstar every single summer, but yeah. certainly it looked like we were, we were trying to change the way we did business and and check. Yeah. Look, we needed a goalkeeper for various reasons, yeah. um, primarily because Wojciech Chesney got caught smoking in the shower yeah. after a Southampton game at the start of 2015, and we had David Ospina, and he left, and all that kind of stuff. So I understand we need a goalkeeper, but it's hard not to look at that whole season 
without coming back to the summer and thinking, what if we'd yeah. added something a bit extra, something beyond a goalkeeper? And that- it's, it's, all, it's always what if. To this very day, I still think what if, because you bring in those two-star players uh, and you think to yourself, the, the key part that is missing, even though the defence was always something that needed improvement, the key part that was missing was a striker, because although Olivia Giroud could be and, and was and had been top, top scorer, mm. it just wasn't enough. It, it wasn't enough. And I felt like there needed to be that extra striker in there mm. for us to complete the package. Because to me, that was the missing ingredient. Yeah, I mean, Giroud was... He had his moments, didn't he? I mean, there was the, the Monaco game in the Champions mm. League in that season, the 2015-16 season, where the home game where we lost 3-1 and he missed a load of chances and everyone was thinking, oh God, you know, like he was a reliable player, but he wouldn't give you the 30 goals a season you might need. And there were games and and periods in his career where, where the goals just kind of dried up a little bit. He was a streaky goal scorer at times, but also one who could go uh, quite a period. Yeah. He could go quiet or he could have one of those terrible games. I think he did score in the, in the the second leg at Monaco, but it wasn't enough given how badly we managed the the first leg. That that's, that is literally the history of us at the moment, because <laughs> it happened recently in in Europa League. Even the under Emery, like you just there's always um, it's just never enough. Mm. And for some reason, the players that you rely on the most just go missing. I feel sorry for Giroud because he's got all the qualities. He had all the qualities at Arsenal. But when you don't have... Um, oh, well, he had the midfielders there, to be fair. You've got Ozil. Ozil yeah. that pulls all the strings. Alexis Sanchez that pulls strings and scores goals. I, d- I just don't know where it went wrong, to be honest with you. Now, well, look, I think he just was what he was. And people were looking for something better, and I understand. And, and clearly Arsene Wenger was. Because when you look back at all the summer transfer windows and all the strikers that we were linked with, you know, from Luis Suarez to Higuain <laughs> to Benzema, how realistic any of those were. But the fact that we were constantly linked with other strikers tells you that, that Arsene Wenger felt that we needed something else or something a bit yeah. uh, a bit more up front as well. I think Giroud became slightly a victim of what he what people wanted him to be rather than what he actually was. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like he grew out of love with the club. I could be so wrong, but it felt like there was this, the fact that the club were always looking for another striker mm. kind of makes you think like, well, what's wrong with me? And <laughs> that's how it kind of, it kind, it kind of seems that way because he's doing everything that he can. He's still scoring goals, yeah. even though he goes quiet in periods. Every striker goes quiet for some period of time, even some of the best strikers. And it, I guess it was kind of a kick in the teeth for him. That's why he went on to do and win things at another Premier League club that I will not mention. No, no, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> I mean, that 2014-15 that season, though, Arsenal finished third, five mm. points ahead of Manchester United, um, like a good bit behind um, the winners and, and uh, Chelsea and Man City were the top two that year. Um, but like 11, 12 points ahead of Tottenham, and it did feel like things were beginning to progress, didn't it? You know, based on the fact we'd started to win some trophies again, the purse yeah. strings were a bit looser, we we had money to spend, we could attract players like Ozil and Sanchez, which I think is is in some ways a way also of attracting other players. When they see those high-profile signings happen, it's like, A, a show of ambition, and B, um, 
you know, these guys are there. I want to play with them. I want to play with Ozil. I want to play with Sanchez. I want to be in a team with those guys. Um, you know, without bringing it back to the Czech thing again, I, I just, it really feels mm-hmm. like a, almost like a sliding doors moment for Arsene Wenger that for whatever reason, he didn't feel like he needed to or wanted to or couldn't get the deals that he wanted to get done over the line. I just don't think he could get them done. But just to counteract that, I felt like, and I think a lot of people will disagree with this, but I felt like Czech was a, a, a good signing for us for the for the, the beginning, for the beginning part. Mm. Like when he first signed, I think one of his first games was a community shield against Chelsea, I think. I believe it was. I was there and I'm pretty sure it was one of his first games. Um, and he done the job. Yeah. Yeah. And he continued to do the job in the league, even though it didn't, you know, get us to where we expected us to be. We still was there and thereabouts, Champions League positions. I think he was an okay signing. Premier League legend, some may say. Sure. I like uh, In isolation, I don't disagree that he was a, a, a pretty solid signing, even if, like, I think at this point I'm so over signing <laughs> old guys from Chelsea. Yeah. Like, I never, <laughs> I never, ever want to see it again. And that Community Shield, yeah, was was that the one where where Arsenal won, Mourinho was back in charge of Chelsea and Mourinho was waiting to shake all the hands of the Arsenal players and Arsene Wenger came down the steps and just basically ghosted him, drifted (laughs) in behind him as he was waiting there. I think that was the one, because I'm sure he played Chelsea twice, you know, in the community shield. I think that was the one. Yeah. I mean, I'm always happy to see things like that happen to to Jose Mourinho as well. (laughs) Um, But yeah, look, I think I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely over the, the, the Chelsea thing. Um, yeah. What else have we got from 2015? Um, well, the women, mm-hmm. Continental Tires Cup, FA Cup. Um, I think in the 20, if I'm looking at 2015, 16, I think they finished third. Don't quote me on that. It's either 2014, 15. I might need to double check. But they won the Continental Tires Cup and they won the FA Cup. And that was a joy. And that was also against Chelsea, the FA Cup, that was. Yeah. And that was a joy to watch 1-0. Um, Daniel Carter with an absolute sweet goal. <laughs> I was there with my son. I think that was the first ever game I took him to see at Wembley. Because, do you know, it's so hard to... I know you could probably understand how hard it is to get cup final tickets yeah, yeah. for the men's team. So all the games that I was lucky enough to go to, it's hard to get an extra ticket. But um, it was a lot more accessible to get the women's FA Cup final tickets. So it's a, it's a big family day out, that game. Yeah. Um, so that was, I think, I believe that was his first game at Wembley and what a game it was. Honestly, it was intense. But when that, that, when that one goal went in, and it was a wonderful goal. Yeah. The roof, the roof went off. And it's, it's weird because at those games, the, the, the fans sit together. These days they don't, it's changed a lot. The FA's changed it a bit now. Yeah. But in previous years, Chelsea and Arsenal fans, we mixed seats. It's like a whole mix zone around the stadium. Um, so it was a bit awkward when we won and I'm celebrating and I'm sat next to a whole bunch of Chelsea fans. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also good at yeah. the same time. Yeah, I mean, it has it has changed a bit, I think. I mean, how do you view the the progression of, you know, from that point, which is, you know, very obvious, uh, very obvious high point, the sort of progression of, of the women's team, the women's game, the coverage of it and all of that kind of stuff, you know, between now and then. Seven years doesn't feel like a long time, but yeah. a lot has happened, hasn't it? I think I think it's amazing because um, I first started following the the game properly when I was at university. So I was studying sports journalism, and one of the interests that I, I took interest in was the women's game. Mm. So I first I think I first ever discovered women's football when I was probably like I can't remember, I was very young. I was at my grandparents' house and I saw a game on BBC Two, mm. and it was an Arsenal women's game, and there was 
it was just like a one-off game. Couldn't tell you what game it was because I well, I didn't have no interest in. Um, and there was that was it. You couldn't find it on TV or radio or anything. And we didn't really have we didn't really have the internet then. I think I had dial-up connection back then. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first really started following it at uni, yeah, it was um it was great that I was you know. I kind of felt like one of the leaders in the game where I could, you know, relay information back to people, was writing up a blog and telling them how the games were going and who was in the league and who was when, who mm. were the players to watch out for. And now it's like, wow, I don't have to do so much extensive research because there's actually broadcasters and bloggers and podcasters and YouTubers that are also putting out information out there, which is great because when you're like one of the only people doing it, it's like you really have to fact check things because you don't want to get things wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know? you're, you're putting out information for there's people that don't have access to it. So now that it's on a bigger platform, it's amazing that so many more people that wouldn't have access to it before can watch the games, can hear the games, can know who players are, yeah. where they've come from, how long they've been playing, how long these players have been professional for. It's, it's, there's great stories out there and now people can get to know them. No, it's true. And like, I think it it, it obviously drives interest in the, the women's game and, and particularly the women's team and the work that you've done with, with Tim um, yeah. for Arsblog News on the podcast and that kind of stuff. It really one does help. Best, one of the best women's podcasts, by the way. Yeah, it's the number one <laughs> podcast about Arsenal women. I can tell you that for sure. Um, but, you know, the fact that people can decide whether or not they want to get interested is is great, you know, because you do, to some extent, have this like, well, who cares element still um, which is like, yeah. who cares if you don't care? Nobody cares if you don't care. But the fact that it's there and the information is there, the coverage is there, the knowledge is there, that people can get invested in another yeah. part of the club and another part of the team, I, I think it's fantastic, you know? Yeah, and I, I don't understand why people do that. It's there if you want to watch it. Yeah. There for those who can. There's, a, there's some sports that I've probably never had interest in. There's some sports I don't have interest in. If it's on, I may watch it in the background, but it's not my sport. Mm. I'm not going to start saying, why is this on TV? I don't care. Why are you broadcasting this? It's just yeah. for those who want to watch it. Yeah. The um, 2015-16 season, that's the one that we've um, spoken about. And like I said, we'll get to 2016 in a, in a different episode and how that all played out. Mm -hmm. But it didn't start particularly well, but Arsenal got into good form in the Premier League. Um, and I think by the end of the year, by Christmas, we're, we're sitting top of the table, which yeah. is a kind of mad place to think about <laughs> Arsenal being right now. I still remember the photo in my head. I think it was the, um, do you remember that kit? Was it, it's like gold and blue? Mm. I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the year because I remember posting it like top of the, I was, I was one of those fans. Like I was that fan that got excited that it was top of the league in December. I, I, it's embarrassing now to admit it because it wasn't top of the league at the end of the season. But yeah, I remember posting Christmas time that blue and gold, I cannot remember the sponsor. Must have been Fly Emirates, of course. Um, do you know what kit I'm talking about? With like the, yeah, the I know the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gold and it's blue because I remember the. I remember exactly um, the game. I remember it from is actually yeah, the, the Leicester away game okay. when Alexis Sanchez scored a, a hat trick. If you remember, it was one of it those. Must, I yeah, it, it must have been something mad for me to like make a, ho a whole post about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember the celebration as Giroud in there. They crumbled up on top of each other. Um, I was that fan that got excited. It was top of the league, and I was just so hopeful and positive that you know this was our season everything was everything was falling into place we had the signings we were scoring mm. goals we were getting the results and I was like yes it's finally happening this is our moment 
And it didn't. It didn't no. in the end. But I mean, there that's were... That's why I don't get excited anymore. You don't? Can't can't <laughs> no. invest? I can't. I can't. I have to, I have to hold myself back. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a, a Champions League game against Bayern Munich. Um, oh, God. Yeah, 5-1. We don't like those. We don't I, like those games. No, we don't like those games against Bayern Munich. And I think, you know, we, we, we managed to get through um, the group stage only to draw Barcelona. So it felt for a long time, didn't it? Like we were... Like we were... Um, it was a bad draw. Yeah, it was always Bayern Munich. It was always Barcelona. Yeah. Which is a pain. Do you think it's a fix? I mean, you could tell me. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I think we were masters of our own downfall on a couple of occasions, to be perfectly honest. Um, can we talk about a, a game that happened in 2015 as well, the very start of 2015? And people look back on it still with kind of reverence yeah. and this, this um, you know, because we went away to Manchester City yeah. And we beat them 2-0. And Santi Cazorla was incredible in the centre of midfield, if you remember. He played alongside Francis Coquelin. And, and oh, people no, said... I remember him. Yeah, I remember him, all right. He was um, sometimes that one, but when he was good, he was good. Yeah. Um, I think he benefited quite a lot from having Santi Cazorla alongside yeah. him. Of course. Um, but, I mean, do you... How do you view Santi when it comes to the sort of pantheon of, of Arsenal players who've been and gone over the years? I mean, how highly do you rate him as a player? Because he was um, he was quite the magician, wasn't he? He's literally one of my favourite players. And to be fair, most of my favourite players are midfielders. I don't know. I just have this love for mm. players that play in the middle of the park because they are, more often than none, the skillful players, the most technical and they also score goals too, and everyone loves a goal scorer. So that's why I think I favour the most. And Santi Cazorla had absolutely everything about everything about him. The way he took free kicks, the way he would run at players, the way he would like. I just love how good he's got good feet as well. Mm. He's got that Spanish flair, if we can say. I he's one of my favourites. The goal, like, I can't even put. How do I even explain how much I love Santi Cazorla? He's just that guy. That guy. I mean, yeah, I mean the the, the two footedness, the ability to to sort of go either way of a player. Yeah. There were some clips from that Man City game, which um, I think for a long time, and I don't know if it's still the case, but for a long time people held it up as the last time Arsenal beat one of the top six away from home because you, you, it was a it was exactly. a failing that we had, but but it was held up as kind of like a blueprint. Um, performance, but but on that day, you know the ability to couple the the, the skill with the work rate that you need um, it was sensational. It's sort of gone down as one of the great Arsenal central midfield performances. Yeah, he would, yeah, and that and that's why he's held up so highly as one of the. I'm pretty sure most Arsenal fans say he's one of the best midfielders, especially in the Emirates generation. He has to. He's probably the best in the Emirates generation. What about? Alexis Sanchez and Alexis Sanchez and Mesut Ozil then um, in that period building a relationship and and I think we looked at them and looked at their their pedigree and where they come from from Real Madrid and, and Barcelona and I suppose in some way people might say well they've taken a step down which I think is fair when you're talking about Barcelona and when you're talking about Real Madrid but came to Arsenal for big money and, and with plenty to, not plenty to prove, but I guess keen to sort of demonstrate that just because it didn't work out 100% for them at a big club, one of the big European clubs, that they still have plenty to, uh, plenty to offer. Yeah, I wouldn't say, 
and people would always say because of the name of the club that they came from that it was it was a step down but I don't personally think it was a massive step down for Alexis Sanchez at the time Meza mm. Ozil yes because he was one of the key players at Real Madrid mm. assisting most of Ronaldo's like he was a first team player Alexis Sanchez didn't have that much game time at Barcelona mm. if, if any um, so him coming to Arsenal was where he could really showcase his talent on a on a platform just as big as Barcelona, a lot there's loads of people that tune into Arsenal games and loads of fans that attend those games, and that really put his name on the map. It wasn't Barcelona that put his name on the map; it was Arsenal, where he could showcase his talents, where he could play alongside these other midfielders and show what he could do. Um, of course, it was a short-lived collaboration between the two players mm. because. I guess when you come from clubs as big as Real Madrid and Barcelona and you go to Arsenal, you expect to continue um, the level that you was playing at. You, you expect to continue playing Champions League games, whether you reach finals or not, you expect to. Well, yeah. For Ozil, of course. Ozil, Real Madrid were just absolute Champions League giants at that time. But to to then go to Arsenal and not be playing Champions Leagues, and even when you do play Champions Leagues, you're, you're struggling to get through certain stages. I can understand why Alexis Sanchez... Actually, I don't even understand. I think it was a bit of a cockiness, to be fair, because I could understand more why uh, Mesut Ozil would want to move on, but he was the most loyal one, it seemed, out of the two, in the fact that he stayed longer than anyone expected him to. And Alex Sanchez wanted to to jump ship sooner because he felt, you know, mm. there was a there was bigger prizes to play for. But, you know, it, that's football at the end of the day. But I just felt like, we don't know what the politics that happened behind the scenes, but I felt like if they would have stayed, Alexis would have stayed a bit longer mm. than the project, whatever project it was at the time, could have been more achievable. Yeah. I mean, the decisions they made were different. Obviously, Ozil decided to stay. Sanchez mm. decided to leave. And it didn't work out for either of them, really. It was a disaster no. for him at, at Man United. And, and things obviously didn't go quite according to plan uh, for Mesut Ozil uh, at Arsenal. But I suppose, um, as we just finish up here, we, we ought to remember some of the good times. And there was a game, uh, maybe in September, October of 2015, where mm -hmm. we played Manchester United at home. And Ozil was brilliant. And yes. Sanchez was brilliant. He scored two goals and we were 3-0 up after about half an hour and the sun was shining and it was a beautiful day. And it was one of those that filled you as a football fan. You know, you want to see the good side. You want to see the potential... Um, I, I guess as far as you can go, you want a, your glass to be half full. And on, yeah. a, on a day like that, when you're playing Manchester United and you play them off the park, just convincingly play them off the park, then completely control the second half of the game. And you look at the goals we scored and the attacking play and the way that we scored those goals against Manchester United with those players kind of at their pump. You know, there was reasons to be optimistic about what we could do with them in the team and, and where we might go. Exactly. That's why I think that's why you had fans like me celebrating top of the league <laughs> in December because we started the season off well. When you win games like that against top six teams, against a team like Manchester United, those are wins that give you so much hope. Mm. When you have players added to your squad, like we mentioned, from those teams, from that pedigree, who are already, who are already showing how good they fitted into this Arsenal team, it just gives you so much hope, doesn't it? Mm. It did. It did. Um, and like I said, we will come to how that all played out in another episode uh, of this series. Uh, that's the 2016 year. But for now, uh, Pippa, thanks for uh, reliving some of 2015 with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's a brand new year, and what better time to get going with that online store you've been thinking of? Those, I was there when Arsenal actually scored a goal t-shirts would fly off the shelves right now. And to get yourself up and running, you need Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way through to the did we hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort with thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash arsblog, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash arsblog now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash arsblog. Pippa is on Twitter at Pippa underscore Monique, at Pippa underscore Monique. And thank you to her for talking about 2015 with us. I enjoyed the FA Cup final that year. Very, uh, very enjoyable day out at Wembley, sitting with my friends Tony and Dave. Dave, of course, was better known as Gunaholic. And uh, it would be remiss of me, I think, to go through this entire series without a mention of somebody who was, um, in many ways, a big part of our blog. Behind the scenes, more than anything, to be honest, at our meetups and everything else. But he did fill in on the blog a couple of times and was a regular on the podcast. And he is still sorely missed by many of us out there. Right. Thank you guys for being here as always. And we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.